Hello, my name is Laura Merriman, and today I will be discussing research that was conducted at the University of Illinois Swine Research Farm. The title of today's presentation is The Requirement for Digestible Calcium by 100 to 130 kilogram pigs. We know that calcium has many roles in the body. These include structural support by way of the skeletal system, as well as muscle contraction and nerve impulses. Within the body, approximately 96 to 99% of calcium is located within the bone. Phosphorus is also very important in the body, serving again for the structural support of the body by the skeletal system. In addition, phosphorus is important for energy metabolism, being a major component of our energy currency, ATP, and enzyme activation via phosphorylation. Approximately 60 to 80% of the phosphorus in the body is located in the bone. It is important to supply the dietary needs of these nutrients. However, deficiencies of calcium and phosphorus may occur from not only inadequate supply of these minerals individually, but also if an inadequate ratio exists between dietary calcium and phosphorus. In the most recent edition of the NRC, which was published in 2012, it was stated that the ratio between digestible calcium and digestible phosphorus would be preferred. However, due to a lack of data, recommendations were provided between total calcium and standardized total tract digestible phosphorus. The NRC offers guidelines of total calcium at 0.46% and 0.21% for standardized total tract digestible phosphorus for pigs with a body weight between 100 and 125 kilograms. To provide the standardized total tract digestible phosphorus requirement, a modeling approach was used where body protein was used to determine a whole body phosphorus mass. The amount of standardized total tract digestible phosphorus needed to maximize phosphorus retention could then be computed from these values. Then, the total calcium requirements were simply multiplied 2.15 times the standardized total tract digestible phosphorus. It was not clear, however, how the 2.15 factor was determined. Regardless, if we are to be more accurate in our formulation, we must move towards formulating on a standardized total tract digestible calcium basis. In our lab, we have determined the digestibility of calcium in inorganic sources, animal protein sources, and plant sources. Therefore, we can formulate on not only standardized total tract digestibility of phosphorus, but also we can now formulate for standardized total tract digestibility of calcium. Earlier work in this lab has determined the standardized total tract digestibility of calcium requirement by the weanling pig. So the objective of this experiment was to determine the standardized total tract digestible calcium requirement for the finishing pig between 100 and 130 kilogram body weight. To answer our objective, we used 90 pigs with an initial body weight of 100 kilograms. Experimental diets were fed for a total of four weeks. For each of the 15 diets, we fed six replicate pigs in individual pens. Body weights and feed disappearance were recorded for the duration of the experiment. Then, at the conclusion of the experiment, all pigs were euthanized at the University Meat Science Laboratory. Femurs were collected from all pigs. Our response parameters for this experiment included growth performance, average daily feed intake, and gain-to-feed ratio, as well as bone mineral content described using bone ash, bone calcium, and bone phosphorus. Here I have outlined the experimental diets. Across the top row, we have the five dietary calcium levels. Provided on a total calcium basis, 
as well as the standardized total tract digestible calcium basis. Down the first column, I have provided the three dietary levels of standardized total tract digestible phosphorus. In total, we can see there were 15 diets resulting from the five calcium levels and the three digestible phosphorus levels. The current NRC recommendations for calcium and phosphorus are indicated in the red boxes. In the purple colored boxes, the standardized total tract digestible calcium to standardized total tract digestible phosphorus ratios are provided. Based off the formulation we use for the digestibility of calcium, the NRC recommendations for digestible calcium to digestible phosphorus ratio would be 1.38 to 1. For the statistical methods, responses to calcium and phosphorus were determined using prediction equations where linear, quadratic, and interaction terms for calcium and phosphorus were tested. Now I will move to the results. First, I will present the results for average daily feed intake. For this response, only digestible calcium was significant, indicating no main effect of phosphorus or no interaction between calcium and phosphorus. The prediction equation was average daily feed intake equals 3.6782 minus 1.2722 times digestible calcium. This graph, and also subsequent graphs, will depict the predicted values determined using the prediction equation. Across the x-axis, I have the five levels of digestible calcium from 0.08 to 0.49. It is clear that intake decreases with the addition of calcium carbonate, which was our calcium source. Next, I have presented the results for average daily gain. Again, we only observed that calcium, not phosphorus, predicts this response. The prediction equation was average daily gain equals 1.2141 minus 0.0635 times digestible calcium. The reduction in gain is likely the result of reduced intake. We were not able to predict the gain-to-feed ratio using any of our terms for calcium or phosphorus. Now I will move to the bone mineral responses. Interestingly, bone ash was predicting using linear terms for standardized digestible calcium and standardized digestible phosphorus as well as the interaction between these terms. However, quadratic responses were not significant. Across the x-axis, I still have the five levels of digestible calcium. Then, the diets containing 0.11% digestible phosphorus are presented by a green line. The diets containing 0.21% digestible phosphorus are presented by a blue line, and the diets containing 0.31% digestible phosphorus are presented by a red line. The bone ash appears to increase by the addition of dietary calcium. However, the deposition of bone minerals seems to be limited by the level of digestible phosphorus in the diet. Therefore, pigs consuming greater levels of phosphorus are able to continue depositing more bone. In conclusion, growth performance was only predicted by digestibility of calcium, not phosphorus. Furthermore, excess calcium suppresses feed intake, which results in a reduction of growth performance. Lastly, the pig's requirement of calcium to maximize bone responses was greater than that needed for growth performance. Based on the results from this experiment, we concluded the following. First, for the standardized total tract digestibility calcium requirement, the pig does not likely need more than 0.21% standardized digestible phosphorus. Next, the requirement for calcium needed to maximize bone ash is greater than that required to maximize growth performance. Lastly, there are negative effects on growth performance when adding calcium above the requirement.
Thank you for listening to my presentation. If you have any questions about this work or other work conducted by our lab, please visit our website at nutrition.ansci.illinois.edu.